לאחר ההתגלות בהר סיני, כולם הלכו הביתה והתחילו להתפלל. So after God revealed himself at Mount Sinai, remember the Ten Commandments? So Shlomo says, everyone went home and they davened. Not sure where he's getting that from, that's what he said. They all went home and davened. They davened Maruf. Or actually, maybe Mincha, because the revelation was during, at, at Nates. I don't know, maybe they davened Shach, it's unclear. Maybe they davened something. V'shash daim esre, that's what it said? V'simcha rahava. At 12, he came back, and he began, and after their break, I guess, they had breakfast, and um, they had a coffee, and then started, and then Moshe Rabbeinu started teaching them Torah. So, what was the first halacha that Am Yisrael was taught after Har Sinai? Anybody remember? Anybody can take a guess? I'll give you a hint. It's the beginning of this week's Torah portion. What is the first nice? Let's do. An Amuna seminar. How we know that the Torah is true. What is God? All loving. That should be the first mitzvah. There is a God. How important it is to be a Jewish person. Wouldn't that have been a great law to start off with? But instead of that, Moshe Rabbeinu Matchil, Bilamod, Instead, he teaches them the law of when you buy a slave, a Hebrew slave. When you buy this slave on the seventh year, you go free. He goes free. If he wants to stay as a slave, he has to stay until Yovel. Okay, very nice. But why would that be the first law that Moshe Rabbeinu teaches Am Yisrael? Of all laws, why start with such a, I don't know, Turn off, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like mundane. I mean, there's a lot of good mitzvahs in there. Maybe could be a go-around at a Shabbos table. If you were to pick the first mitzvah to teach Am Yisrael, what would be the first mitzvah and why? But, but, but why, why did Moshe Rabbeinu choose, or Hashem choose? Evidently. So someone's going to give us an answer. Before he gives us an answer, do you have an answer? I want you to know. Some of our rabbis say, No one, Tosfo says, had ever been sold into slavery by Bezdin. That's what Tosfo says in the Gemara and Kedushin. If that's true, why are you telling me about slavery? You know what the Tzadikim, i.e. the Hasidic rabbis say? It's not about the slave, it's about the master of the slave. Do you understand, my friends? Sometimes you try to be other people's masters. Do you know how many parents are the masters of their children? Masters in a bad way. How many? 
Um, a lot. Like a million. Yeah. Lefamim, balu adon alisto. Sometimes a husband is the master over his wife. Like Baal, you know? And sometimes the woman, especially in our generation, is the master over the man. Sometimes my kid did something not right. And you know how I tell him that he did something wrong? I subjugate him. I make him my slave. That's what our rabbis are saying. You have to know deep in your hearts. Friends, open up your hearts. If you can make even one person an Eved, so you must not have been at Har Sinai. I am the only master in the world. You can't be the master. You can't be the master over anyone. You can never be the Adon of anyone. There's only one master here, and that's Hashem. If you are you, you being the master, that's a problem, says Roshlomo. So let me ask you guys. Sometimes Roshlomo uses a little bit um, symbolic meaning. What, is, what do you think Roshlomo means when he says, don't be the master. Don't enslave someone else. Like, make that practical for me. What does it mean to, that a, a wife is being master, a husband's being master of a, a, a wife? What, what does that mean in, in, in practical terms? I want you to de- open your hearts to the deepest depth. We're not God's slaves. We are the, I guess, servants of a Kaddish Baruch What's the difference between being a servant of man and a servant of God? people show me that he's their master. They throw me to the ground. And they take their dirty feet. And they wipe it on me. Adonu mishu shofechatcha lekatan. A master is someone that switches you, makes you smaller. Umitzamtsemotcha leklum. And he makes, he, um, lechaim if you want. And, and he, he's mitzamtsem you. And he, he, he constricts you. Imani ishelokim echani mare lechashani adon shalcha. But if I'm a godly man, you know how I show I'm your master? How does a parent show their kids that he is their master? This is an amazing Ashkach Prat. This is why I picked this article. Because this morning, I went up to Elishi, and he did this to me. He did the old, uh, which, I, which means he wants me to lift him up. He knows a good parent lifts his kid up, and I, I lifted him up. A little little baby, little kids love being lifted up by their parents. They understand the mission of a parent is to lift up their kids, not to bring them down, but to lift them up. Lift them up. What does it mean to be a master? To be someone who lifts you up. 
That's the mission of an authority figure, to lift everyone up with him. You know what a good teacher is? Not someone who brings you down. Calls you bad names. A Rebbe, a teacher, a parent is someone who lifts you higher. Higher and higher and higher. They say also good leaders and good like bosses, managers and corporations, they also have, you know, to lift people up. They're they're supporting themselves, you know. Exactly. Slowly, slowly, Rashlomo's theology is making its way even in the business world. And people are understanding that a boss is not someone who's supposed to throw someone down to lift people up. That doesn't mean that necessarily everyone is uh, holding there in reality. But uh, that's a shifa, not just for bosses, but every single situation in life. When you, especially when you're in a higher position, even let's say, I don't know, you're buying a coffee and you're like, I'm paying you money, so I'm higher than you. No, we have to lift up the cashier, lift up the guy making you the coffee, lift up everybody. That's the mission of a yid, to lift people up, not to bring them down. I see Daniel wants to say something. Sometimes, Sometimes you go into the house, and the guy has a kippah, he has a beard, the woman is, you know, wearing a very sanua, she's wearing a, a hair, hair covering. Super kosher. But they scream at each other. It's the lowest of the lowest. They weren't at Har Sinai. It can't be. If you truly internalize that only Hashem is your master, how can you make someone else small? You know, when you're, I'm making someone else small, it's a place of ego, like you guys said. It's a place of me. How could he do that to me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him in his place. But when you put Hashem into the picture, ego dissipates. There is no, it evaporates. There is no more ego. And when there's no ego, there's no reason or room to make someone small. Making someone small always comes from a place of ego. And so the, Eved, the, the lesson of the Eved Ivri is that no one's ever in a, a true slave. Okay? No one's ever really an Eved. And everyone has to be show F to realize at all times that Hashem is there and therefore never put someone lower. What? I would say if a person expresses himself, the way he's gonna express himself when he's just trying to get the job done is very different than when he's coming from a place of anger, of hurt, of insult. I'm going to speak to someone very differently if I just need him to get something done versus if I feel like hurt and I'm going to put this guy down. Those are very different emotional responses. You're right, there are times when you need to like put someone in their place, but it's rare. It can happen, but but the way that a person is going to express himself there is going to be very different than when it's coming from a place of putting someone down. Can I put these two perspectives? I am your only master. You know what I did? I lifted you up. 
I took you out of Egypt. What do we do at Kiddush? We lift up the cup. We say Hashem lifted us out of Egypt. What does it mean to be a master? To lift someone up. Hashem lifted us up. You know why the babies ask us to raise us up? We're their master. We're their daddy. We're their tati. And they know their master lifts them up. Okay? A good master lifts someone up. That's what it means to be a master. A master is someone who lifts someone up. Sorry, yeah? What's the, what's Brit Mila? Brit Mila is a person Right, that's a good example. You're doing, you're hurting them, but it's ultimately to bring them into the covenant, to bring them to a higher level. That's a very good example. Okay. Um, when do you know the deepest depth? Have you ever thought, why do we lift up the Torah? You know, Hagba. Why don't we just read it? Why do we have to lift up the Torah and do Hagba? After I read from it. Yes, Hashem gave us the Torah. But we can transform the Torah. We can make it higher. We can make it deeper. We can make the, the Torah more special. We can lift up the Torah. We can do Hagba. Isn't that a gorgeous idea? Hashem allows us. He gives us the opportunity to make the Torah higher. And I, I, as a Rebbe, I have this, uh, I have to remind myself of this very often. When someone asks me a question, I'm his master. He vulnerably lifted himself up to me. And, and now I have two options. I can either lift him up or I can put him down. And you see this. You might as see this. Some rabbis, unfortunately, or teachers, they put people down because they want to sound smart. Or I don't know why. And someone asks a question and they don't, they don't uh, make them feel good. Maybe it is a dumb question. But a good rabbi knows how to lift the, the student up and make them feel good about the question they asked. Because if you bother to ask a question, it means you're, you're curious, you want to learn. So you have to use that opportunity to lift people up. And of course, Roshoma himself was a master of this. He would never, never, never put people down. He would always lift people up. There's a famous story where there was a person who was not um, all there. He's a bit crazy. And he asked him a question, and then the, the question went out for a half hour. And Roshoma refused to cut him off. He didn't want to cut him down. And after the, it was, it was being televised on TV, this, and he said, I'd rather ruin the entire TV show than to lift, to put down one person. Similarly, there was a concert he was once giving, and these kids jumped onto the stage, and he knew if he let them keep dancing, he would lose, like, tons of money from the donors. But he refused to take them off of the stage. He did not want to make those kids feel bad. He said, no matter what, I will not, I will not bring anyone else down. That was your slow-mo.
And a Rebbe or a teacher or whenever we're in an authority position, just be very aware of that. So bring people up. Okay? As a Baal Shem Tov, a Kadosh, this is the test, my friend, says the Holy Baal Shem Tov. My friends, you're all at Harsinai. Were your feet there or were you there? If someone wants to be the master of someone else, wants to be the big guy, and that's not a real Yid. A Yid is someone who never tries to lift himself over someone else. A Yid is someone who's always trying to lift other people higher. Now Shalom is going to take it even deeper. We, the Jewish people, are very, very sensitive to Avodah Zara, to our idol worship. We know what it means to serve God. Avodat and Elim, and what it means to serve idols. Avodat Elim, doesn't just mean to bow to a piece of wood. That's not idolatry. That's just stupidity. Avodat Elim, he takes, he makes himself greater than he really is. I make it like I'm some much bigger than I really am. I'm just a guy. I'm just a man at the end of the day. It's really, really terrible to make yourself bigger than you really are. To try to show off, try to make yourself look like you're all that. That's Avodah Zarah. That's Avodah Elim. It's making yourself higher. I'm not talking about other religions. A rabbi makes himself like he's greater than he really is. That's also idolatry. Wow. Strong words. If the Rebbe, the teacher, takes more koach, it's terrible. I want you to bow to me and kiss me. In order to make me greater, I have to make you take from you. I would never bow to the holiest guy in the world. I would shake his hand. Maybe I'd kiss him. Give him a hug. But to bow? Right? Like, uh, like, more, like Mordechai refused to bow to Haman? I only bow to God. Nobody else. You can cut off my knife, but I will not bow to a man. 
When you grow to the ground and kiss somebody, you know what that means? You're nothing. There's only one thing that you can be nothing in front of, and that's Hashem. Even God, we don't do that too much. We do it in Rosh Hashanah, we do it in Yom Kippur a little bit, but not too much in the base of Middash. But we only nullify ourselves to Hashem. We don't nullify ourselves to other people. Okay? Okay. My battery is dying, unfortunately. So I'm going to end with a Shlomo story. Right. Here's the story. Once Shlomo was by a great rabbi. Now his daughter was nine years old. You know there's a thing that there's these adults that when they speak, they don't like the kids speak. I don't know where they found this law. I guess it wasn't printed in the new uh, versions of the Tanakh. Once every time the little girl wanted to say something, her mom would stop him. It hurt me so much. The daughter wanted to say something. Her mother called her, gave her a slap. Go to bed right now. The girl would not stop crying. I stood up and I said, and I can't eat the food here. This house is not kosher. It's paganism. To embarrass a little girl? She think this little girl is stupid? She's a nine-year-old girl. She's a person. To embarrass her? I'm so sorry. I'm Listen, I'm not coming back to the table until the girl comes back with me. You're sitting next to me at the table, I told the little girl. And the family said, you straightened us out. This is the essence of Judaism. You're not the master of your kids. You're not the master of anyone in the world. Okay, so I think we got the point. He goes on and on. Clearly, someone is very, very passionate about this. But, um, oh wait, I forgot one story. Sorry, I have to include this story. One more story. It's a great story. When Rav Shlomo was working by the Rebbe, by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, one time, I did something really bad, Rav Shlomo says. <laughs> I'm kind of curious what he did, but he did something bad. Now, he, the Rebbe called him in to, I guess, uh, you know, give me a little musr. But he said in such a pleasant, gentle way, such a way that didn't subjugate me, didn't make me a slave, didn't lower me. 
Chas v'chalil. I said, he didn't just say, he didn't say, you know, I, I messed up. Hupashud Ramaz said to Iti B'tzura Kokach Adina. He hinted at it in like a gentle way. Achareshu Diberiti Rachus. After he said this in a soft way, Amarti, Ani Kokach Mitzta'er. I'm so sorry. And Yodesha Iti Lava said, I know I messed up. Ani Mekaveshu Chalat Hakenet. I hope I can fix this. B'darchei Achutu Amarli. Afterwards, on my way out, the Rebbe told me, "Babach Rebbe, and he read Teshi Teda, and he must show Shabur Lev Shaiti Tzarech Lagidlacha. I'm so brokenhearted that I have to tell you this. I will kedesh Shalot Tichasalai, but so that you won't get angry at me. And I tell you that Lacha Matana. I want to give you a gift. Ulakach et Achadas Farim and Madaf Shalav and Atan Liyoto. And he took one of his books and he gave it to me. Kolkach Mafchid Lafoch Laadon Al Mishu. It's so scary to be the Adon, the master on someone. He's a Motiyah Chutz at the Kadosh Baruch Hu." It, it throws out Hashem. Adavara Guru Yoter b'Marach Achinok Shelanu Ishimura Tova. Shemura Tova u Mishu Shdamidav Choshim Yeno Azimeno. Zeguro Mikol Kara. It's the scariest thing if you're scared of a teacher. Zebeit Sefer La'Avodat Elilim. That is idolatry. At Otam Marim Lo Shemru Advar Hashem Bar Sinai. Those teachers did not hear God's name at Har Sinai. Someone's calling me, so I'm going to take a one-second phone. I'll be back in, in 10 seconds. Shalom. <coughs> Hi.